floor, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios at Radio City, alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. The last few months, I was trying to be someone else to try to get better. And I sort of realized that being me is enough, and being me, I can do things like this. That is the quote of Rory McIlroy. He is the winner on the PGA Tour this week. Not that you'd be able to watch it because Golf Channel and PGA Tour don't know how to put on a television event when they're giving away $9 million. Yeah, it was a fun back nine. We'll get into the, plenty of that uh, in a little bit. But Rory McIlroy, he is a winner as he goes out at the uh, at the CJ Cup, an event that traditionally is played overseas, not being played overseas, still for COVID reasons, but for the second consecutive year being played in Las Vegas. And they played it on a great course. It looked awesome on television. And really, I don't think you could have asked for anything more if you were a golf fan, if you wanted to watch some golf yesterday. Maybe just flip in between the football games that you're watching in the afternoon. Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler, who came out of nowhere, by the way, to be the leader after three rounds, going back and forth on that back nine. Colin Morikawa comes flying up. It was a tremendous leaderboard yesterday for the CJ Cup. Colin Morikawa going 10 under in the final round. Not enough. Second. No, I mean, but you look at that leaderboard. Any weekend, I don't care what time of year we're talking golf, that I can see Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, and Ricky Fowler on the first page, I'm watching. I mean, these are three of the best, young, likable stars in the game. And it was kind of an anticlimactic finish just because Morikawa finished so much earlier than McIlroy and Fowler. And Fowler kind of played his M.O. of... He was leading after 54, couldn't get it done. He just shoots a one-under final round, whereas Rory, you know, made enough shots down the stretch. I think he parred his final six holes or something like that to, to hold on to a win. But, Gabe, I, I, I was watching Rory play, and the moment where he won, and, you know, you had referenced the quote that he had to Golf Channel after winning his 20th event on the PGA Tour— And I just couldn't help but think about what the last couple of weeks were like for him. We saw him crying on the fairway. Yeah. Being interviewed at Whistling Straits. Um, Emotion that was so raw. And and we've we've spoken a lot about how Rory has become the voice of the sport. And it's really good for golf that he is because he's likable. He's honest. You know, he gives the media, you know, what we want, which is raw. Right, I mean, it, it's unfiltered. It's it's genuine, and to see him crying at Whistling Straits to winning the first event he plays in of this upcoming golf season, it's kind of a microcosm of golf, isn't it, Gabe? Like like to go from a really low moment where you feel like you play terrible golf and you let your your team and Europe down 
to winning the first event, which ends up being your 20th, that gets you a lifetime exemption on the PGA Tour. I mean, is that not golf in a nutshell? Like, going day-to-day in this sport? It's unbelievable. It really is. And what can be dangerous about this sport is... I think a lot of times people can try to be things that they're not in this sport. You know, you're trying to eliminate, oh, I do this all the time. Well, yeah, but maybe you can just eliminate that miss and make it a little bit smaller instead of trying to completely overhaul something. Being who you are on the golf course, um, you know, like I, I've heard different teachers talk about whatever your natural swing is. You know, you whatever your natural swing is, you know, they don't want to do, some teachers don't want to mess with that too much. Now you can make some tweaks to it to make it as best as it can be, but they want that swing to be as natural as possible as it can be for you and not so robotic. Now, obviously that doesn't, and I think that actually does apply to, to, to Rory here because yeah. he was doing things, dude, just hit that high smashing draw you've hit your entire life and just continue to do that instead of trying to chase Bryson DeChambeau. Hit, he hit a three wood yesterday. That was nuclear. Like, I don't want to get all golf nerdy in terms of like different numbers, but there's a thing called smash factor that um, it's pretty much just a measurement of, you know, how much you're finding the middle of the club face, like your swing speed and your launch angle and like optimally how far you hit it. I've never seen anything above a 1.5. Like 1.5 is that perfect. Is, yeah, that is. Huge. He hit that three wood yesterday with a 1.52 smash factor. Like, he went above and beyond to the point where, like, oh, hello. You cannot hit it more center of the face. <laughs> and Abraham answers, like, scraping 260-yard carry drivers out there, and Rory is just bombing a 300-yard three-wood. Like, just be that guy. Be that Rory McIlroy. Now, maybe get your wedges a little bit better, because that's really what you have struggled with your entire career. But... I'm glad that Rory has figured out, hey, being me is more than... Man, being Rory McIlroy is a four-time major winner and a 20... A four-time major winner and now a 20-time winner on the PGA Tour. Like, the list of people that have done that in the PGA Tour before the age of 33. So he's the sixth player to do it. Here are the Here's the list of players, 20 PGA Tour events, including four majors before 33. Byron, Arnold, Jack, Tom Watson, Tiger, now Rory. Solid list. Like, a list, if I just say their first names, you know who I'm talking about in the world of golf. Yeah. That is the list that Rory McIlroy now finds himself in the company of. And you would say, if I say Rory, you know who I'm talking about. So, that makes sense. Exactly. It's fitting for him. I I think about um, Tiger Woods, and I I read a book uh, years ago that was written by Hank Haney who was Tiger's old swing coach, and he talked about Tiger essentially being OCD with his swing. Mm-hmm. He always felt like he had to change something, he had to get better. And in this sport, I feel like, as you were mentioning kind of before, like we obsess over such tiny details because those tiny, tiny details can take you from a mid-teens handicap to a single-digit handicap. Or those tiny details can take you from... <laughs> By the way, this week was ridiculous because if you shot 17 under, you were T25. Yeah, 17 gosh. under was T25. Uh, you were T25 and won $70,000, and those little details maybe take you to the winner's check, which is $1,755,000. And in that book by Hank Haney, he says that he thinks Tiger would have broken Jack's record if he wasn't so obsessed with getting better and changing his swing and getting bigger. I mean, there's a lot to the Tiger story. Oh, yeah. But it, but it, it just makes me think about Rory having that realization that 
I can hit the ball 320. Why do I care so much about 340? Like, that's not going to change his game on the golf course. And I watched him play that back nine. There was this awesome drivable par four, and and nobody loves a drivable par four like Gabe Neitzel and Steven (laughs) Watson. And there's water on the left, and the day before, he had driven the green. Takes a cut angle right at the flag, but the flag was protected left. So his only option, if he wanted to put on the green, was to play his Rory little cut. Just Mm -hmm. fade it up there, front of the green, two putts, birdie. And it's just like, we don't need to see... The eagle putt that percentage wise is just not in your favor. Just like, just play that cut driver that you can hit, oh, mm-hmm. 315 yards. And I, it's, it's, it's such an important mindset, not only for any athlete, but just for any of us who love the game of golf. Of we don't need to like go into an offseason and say, let's just scrap it and let's start fresh. Like, just. Just trust your clubs, trust your technology, work on the little things. And, you know, it was just a refreshing outlook for Rory. I'd like to take this time and gush about Tiger Woods because I like to do that from time to time because you bring that up with the hand cannon, the, the big miss. Um, yeah, because it, it was named that because that was the thing they were always trying to avoid, this big miss, yeah. you know, that would bring in a double bogey into play. How outrageous is it that Tiger won, won 15 majors with like four different swings? <laughs> He's like, just different. Like, like there would be years where he just like, yeah, I'm just going to win. and body figures. I mean, he was... I'm going to win like three times this year because I'm working on my swing or I'm only going to win once or twice this year. And then next year I'm going to win 10 times because this swing is going to be dialed in. I'm going to win 10 times in two majors. <laughs> like, yeah. that's outrageous. That's so stupid. But then he got to the end of his career and he couldn't hit like simple shots. Like he couldn't find a fairway off the tee, and he because uh, he seemed like he was always trying to do too much. Oh yeah, because I mean at that point you know you you, you heard him kind of come up with excuses. Oh, I'm caught p- between release patterns. Well, yeah, you've had seven thousand different swings. One of them's going to pop out and yeah. at the wrong time eventually. I, I'm. But here's yeah. here's here's the leaderboard that we just saw. If this is what is to come. In the upcoming 2021-2022 PGA Tour season, and there's not much that time. There's not many events left in the 2021 portion. They've got the Zozo this week. They've got a, an event in Bermuda, just a handful of events, and, and Tiger, which is an, an unofficial event. I'm hoping he'll show up uh, because it looks like Rory McIlroy is going to be playing in the Hero World Challenge in December down in the Bahamas. So that that's always a fun event to watch. Um, but if this is like what's going to be coming, where you've got Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, so you've got Rory, maybe he's on his way back to being one of the baddest dudes on the planet on a golf course. Colin Morikawa, who you know has only won two majors in his first eight attempts. Ricky Fowler, one of the most marketable players on the PGA Tour, and then you've got Sam Burns, who I think is a young up and coming player who certainly has an opportunity to make future Ryder Cups. Yeah, like if this a is a name t- that we probably should have talked about when we talked about who could be the next American on oh, the team. Oh, a hundred percent. And this, if this is the type of leaderboard, and this is where like golf's going to be in a good spot. Look, we love talking about Tiger more than anyone. Another Tiger's not not going to be out there. So to have this many guys that are this level of player that could win at any given week, it's just to me it's an exciting it's an exciting time for this sport as it transitions into 
uh, a new season. And if you move a little bit down that leaderboard, Gabe, I mean, your T18 grouping is Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. I mean, those guys are going to be... Yeah. We, I want to watch those guys play every single day. I'd, I would have loved to watch him play yesterday, but, you know, Golf Channel didn't want me to watch him yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different thing, and I actually am going to get into that. We're going to be talking about what's something that you want to change in the game of golf, whether it's a rule, whether it's something about the game. We're definitely going to dive into that. But after we were done with our show last week, the PGA Tour actually decided to adopt a local rule uh, that had been recommended by the USGA and the RNA. Just quickly, for for people who don't know, the PGA Tour just governs, and, and they don't even govern the rules. They just pretty much put on tournaments. Like they don't, you know, they don't deal with the rule book. They don't deal with that. Now, you know, they they do have local rules that they'll apply from time to time. But it's, you know, you, you go to your local golf course, you play in an event there. The golf course isn't the one making up the rules. You know, that's that's a different governing body, just the way it works in golf. So the USGA RNA trying to curb distance in the in the game of golf. One of the things that they have decided to do is recommend that driver length be capped at 46 inches versus 48 inches. Now, I don't think that too many players out there are using 48-inch drivers. One of them, however, is Phil Mickelson. He had an interesting reaction a couple of months, or about a month ago, I should say. Stephen Watson has not heard that reaction. I don't know if you folks out there have heard the reaction, but I want to talk about this, and I want to talk about distance in the game of golf, and that's coming up next on The Tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Mickelson is an insane person. If you've ever heard him speak, you realize this doesn't mean you can't like him. Just something you have to recognize, which is something we get into this week in It's All About the Drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive. We make it easy. So the PGA Tour has adopted a... Local rule that is going to reduce maximum shaft length from 48 inches to 46 inches, mostly in drivers. When this initially came out, here is what Phil Mickelson had to say about the topic. The USGA is trying to ban the sale of ice cream in New York City? Not literally, of course. What I mean by that is this. In New York City, when the crime rate goes up, so does ice cream sales. So does that mean you should ban ice cream sales? No, because the underlying problem is heat. When people get agitated, crime rate goes up, as does the sale of ice cream. So let's identify what the real problem is. What data was there to say that the driver length should be capped at 48 inches? What data is there that says it should go to 46 inches? 
we're addressing the wrong problem and we're misreading the data yet again, much like the grooves in 2010. All this data came in saying square grooves are bad, square grooves are this, let's change the rule, it's only gonna affect the PJ Tour Pro. 11 years later, is that the case? No, the average guy has been more affected. Why? Because they misread the data. The data said that 12 or 13 greens are hit in regulation by the Tour Pro and nine by the average scratch player and six by the single digit handicap and the 18 to 36 hole and the handicap hits zero to one green. And therefore, it's only going to affect the Tour Pros because they hit the most greens. But that's misreading the data because 100% of all golfers hit 100% of the greens. It's just that the average player is not good enough to do it with a seven iron and he has to hit a wedge. And what club is mostly affected by the groove change? It's the wedge, the, the higher lofted club. So who's affected most? The average player. Who's had the most difficult time over the last 11 years because of the groove change? The average player. The fact is the PGA Tour Pro didn't even use square grooves in their irons because it spun it too much. So we misread the data and we continue to make the wrong adjustments in the game. So, so Phil Mickelson, obviously, the golf obviously, if you haven't caught on, uh, swings a 48-inch driver. I don't know of too many other players that do. My guess Bryson does, just based on him chasing distance. But this is, I mean... I saw a study that says 3% of professional golfers have used driver shafts longer than 46 inches. Of course, Bryson, Phil, Dylan Fratelli is another notable player that okay. is listed that have used more than 46 inches. Uh, Brooke Henderson on the LPGA Tour, I know she does, but she always like chokes down, so maybe she won't be choking down on the driver anymore. Um, if the LPGA decides to adopt this local rule, the PGA Tour has decided to. But like, man, this does not affect the local, the, the, the everyday average Joe. Because in order to get a 48-inch shaft on my driver, I'm going to have to custom order that. And I don't know if too many people were custom ordering 48-inch shafts on their drivers. And it's going to cost you a pretty penny That's to do that as the well. the other part of this whole thing. Like, man, Phil Mickelson has just lost his mind on this damn thing. And he keeps tweeting about it. Extremely disappointing to find out that PGA Tour adopted a new USGA rule through the media. I don't know of any player who had any say or any kind of representation in this manner. I do know many are wondering if there's a better way. Uh, here's the thing, Phil. Uh, Rory McIlroy, maybe you heard of him. He's won 20 times now on the PGA Tour. He's got four major championships. Said, yeah. I was aware of this the entire time. Like, Rory's been in discussions the PGA Tour this entire time. Like, I, I, I don't know, Gabe. I, I don't think that this really bothers me. I don't care what length your driver shaft is. I still Isn't it harder to keep it straight the longer your shaft it, is? It like, is. Is it really that advantageous? Guys like Brooks are going to always find an edge when it comes to figuring out how to hit the ball farther. But yet... They have, to, they have to do something, and this isn't the only thing the USGA and RNA are going to do. Um, this is just the first thing. This was the easiest they're thing. They're going to have to change balls. They're going to have to change driver heads, right? I mean, like, Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to take on the manufacturing com uh, companies, I think, eventually. But they're running out of places to hold tournaments. Yeah, and that's, that's the argument, is a lot of these old courses that have great tradition and have hosted great events over the years are not going to be able to keep up with guys like Bryson if well, Bryson becomes the norm. Right gonna, now, he's an outlier. We're going to see one coming up next July. I'm really scared. If they don't get weather at the old course, they're going to make that thing look like a pitch and putt. And yeah. that's like the most story golf course. And and I know they're not going to like it over there if that's what ends up happening there. If they get weather, then, you know, it, it, it's going to be fine. I, but, I struggle with this, Gabe. I, I struggle because... Standing at Whistling Straits, yep, 
watching Bryson on a tee box, watching Bryson on the practice range. That is what people want to see. They want to see the spectacle. I know that you and I want to see... Look, he'll still be longer than everybody else. It's just not going to be 400 yards. But they got to do they 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 seriously they need to do something. Like you're you're running out of and honestly the easiest way to do this is bifurcation. And I don't know why everyone wants to fight this so bad. Like bifurcation. Yeah. It's simple. Like we see it in professional baseball. If you're an amateur, you're using an aluminum aluminum bat, a metal bat versus using the wood bat. Um like it's bifurcation because yeah, you I enjoy hitting the ball as far as I do, and most amateurs do. You just bifurcate. It's easy. You have a different set of rules for those professional guys. Maybe a, a, a golf ball that doesn't travel as far. Now, Bryson's still going to have that distance advantage. Like, John Daly used to have the distance advantage. The way the Tiger Woods used to have the distance advantage back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But it's just going way too far, and... Like I just don't know if it's really changing the results that much. I guess is where my my head is at. I I just I see these players win. Week I mean Bryson is again an outlier. Like he's won because of his length. But outside of that, like can you name other guys that right now on the PGA Tour and this has to go with p- part of the course setup as well. Out of the 14 clubs in Rory McIlroy's bag yesterday, do you think how many do you think he used? I'm gonna tell you this, and he ain't all 14. Like golf right now is a test of how far can you hit it and how close can you hit this wedge. Like there's long irons have been taken out of game. Like how many four irons or three irons is Rory McIlroy hitting in any given round? Now maybe he might hit one every now and then off of a tee, but if he, I mean. On a par five, like chances are he's, I mean, he's probably hitting like a five wood or something in, and it's, it's not a complete examination and complete test. It's really how far can you hit it, and then can you hit this wedge close? And that to me is not at the highest level of golf. Like, that's not what the question should be week in and week out. Like, there should be more of, oh, can you hit this club? Can you hit a five iron this far? Can you hit a five iron in this situation? And and kind of more of an examination up and down the bag. Do you have certain skills? Because right now, if you can hit it far, you only need, like, two other skills. So as somebody that hits it far, because I played with you today. Yep. You play a different game of golf than I do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make one of us much better or worse than the other. Yep. We play different games. Yep. If they handed you a 46-inch shaft mm-hmm. and told you you could hit it farther, would you play it? Yeah, but again, this is at the amateur level. Like, I, I, that's why I'm pro-bifurcation. Like, let the amateurs do whatever they want to make you enjoy playing golf every weekend. I just think it should be different at the professional level. I think that more skills need to come into play at the professional level. And the only way to change that is distance. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the only way to change it, is is curb distance. you got to take some distance away from the golf ball because it's gotten... And again, if it continues to go the way, because there's going to be somebody after Bryson that's going to hit it further than Bryson. And because that, that's like, that's yeah. the evolution. I just I just think even like NFL it, players, right? Like yeah. the body has gotten bigger. Bryson, his his swing speed is because of his strength. Yeah. And, and like we're just going to have more freakish athletes start playing the game of golf. I just don't know how you solve it. I I agree that something has to change because 
it could get out of hand. I just, I, I worry about making all-encompassing changes like this right now just because of Bryson DeChambeau. But it's not just because of Bryson, because there's Cam Champ, and there's a lot of other things coming. And this has been a long time coming. Like, this has been a long... It's not just because of Bryson, it's because the the ball just goes too far. Like, Rory McIlroy hit a 320-yard three-wood yesterday. But I love watching that. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think about, like, the spectacle again of Bryson, people, his drive on five, him driving the green on one. Like, that was the most entertaining part of the Ryder Cup for a lot of golf fans. Yeah, but then if, if, if that's still something you want, because, again, part of the issue is then, and I understand it's only 50 golf courses in the world need to house these guys, but think of the footprint of Whistling Straits. Think of the footprint of Aaron Hills and how big those places are. They're not big enough. They played the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills the longest it's ever been played. JT goes out and shoots 62 by finishing with 3-wood, 3-wood to get home on a 600-yard par 5 to make his eagle putt. Like it just, it, and The ball's just going to continue to go further and further and further. So they've got to find a way, to me, to curb it. Because otherwise, yeah, you're, it's, it's cool to see now. But if you think in 5, 10, 15 years, it's not going to be as fun to see. Like, oh, okay, well now everybody's hitting... 370-yard drives and driving this par 5, this five, par 10 four. years, we might be having 12-hole majors. Yeah, hey, again, that's something you got to be thinking about. But yeah. like, I, I just think it's more for the future of the game than it is right now because it's just going to continue to go further and further and further because that's what everybody wants. That's what all these amateurs want. That's what all these pros want. Everybody wants to hit it further. But at the end of the day, we're going to run out of space like in order to have proper golf tournaments. Yeah, I, I, I understand the argument. It just, it just feels a little get off my lawn right now, and I, I don't. I just think it's a, it's such a hard and complex issue. Because, yes. Oh, it's it's a very it, complex issue without a doubt. Like you know, we're we're just it, we're going to be so nitpicky, and it just makes me fear. Like, are are we tackling the right things? Like, are is this game? I, I don't know. I, I just think about how, how fun it is to watch them hit do things I can't. And and that's that's what I love about watching professionals. It just it feels a little reactionary to me. But I, I, I mean I think of so think of Steve Stricker. Strick, if he played today, he's got no chance, man. He's got no shot. In in the in the nineties and two thousands, all different types of golfers were winning majors in winning tournaments and yeah some different guys win from time to time you see the Ches Reeves of the world kind of scrape it around and get close to winning a tournament but a pre especially the majors where they let lengthen those as far as they they can if you don't hit the ball I mean really the majors tournaments have become a spectacle for the top 15 players in the world you're not going to see a Sean McKeel pop out of nowhere and win one of these the way he did. You're not going to see a, a rich beam pop out of nowhere and win one because it's just impossible. It's just impossible for these guys to be able to do that because you need there's one skill, and one skill has become way too important, and that's how far you hit the golf ball at the top level of golf. That's a prerequisite in winning majors. That's why Phil wants to hit the ball further. If Phil did not hit the ball as far as he did, he wasn't going to win. 
this year at Kiwa, he had to be able to hit the ball that far. And he knows that. That's why he's using a 48-inch driver. He wasn't using a 48-inch driver five years ago. He was using one now because he's getting older and needs to be able to still hit the ball as far in order to compete with the top-level guys. And it was one of the best stories in golf this year. It was. No, I'm, and I'm not taking that away from Phil, but I'm just saying... Maybe like, Strick should hit a 48-incher. Just just eliminating half of the... Or even over half the field before the tournament starts on major day. Like I, I don't know if that's what I want golf to be in the future. I don't want if I want golf just to become a long drive competition. And it's a complex issue. And coming up with the right solution is not going to be easy. But that's going to be the tough part for the USGA and the RNA to figure out going forward. The only way I could see it is is, is having it be different for pros. Yeah, bifurcation is the only way to go. It's, it's the only option for them. I 100% agree. Hundred percent agree. I just think technology is always going to keep evolving, and you know they're going to have to find ways to change driver heads. They're going to find ways to change spin rates on golf balls. Oh yeah, it, which which they can do. I mean, they did it back in two thousand when they came out with the first Pro V one, or the first whatever Nike golf ball that Tiger ended up using at Pebble Beach in two thousand. Yeah, I I just think it's such a. I don't I don't I see I completely understand the thinking in the long term. Of like what it could look like in ten plus years, but for right now, in such a critical time for this sport in the post Tiger era, potentially, I, it just feels a little get off my lawn. It feels a little like let's take the fun out of a game that needs rising stars and needs personalities like Bryson and Phil being fifty plus competing in big events. It just. The timing of it is what I struggle with more than anything. If you've been really thinking about this, if you're the USGA and you're RNA, you've been thinking about this for years and years and years. The timing is what I struggle with because we like it just seems so old manny, you it, know. It, and it's just like, and I'll tell you what, the timing is the USGA has a new CEO. Yeah, and that's why this stuff's going to get pitched forward because the because the USGA was afraid to take this on, and I don't think Mike Wan's afraid to take it on. As the new CEO and and guy who's running the uh, the USGA, we've got some other questions we do want to ask. But first, before we get to that, it's time for this week's Carco Moment of the Week. And now it's time for another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside. Oh, it's such a nice day. The trees are changing colors. There's a nice breeze, and <sighs> bright. Hi, guys. Playing a little hooky from work today, eh? That's all right. I won't tell anyone. Not that you'd want anyone to know how you're playing today. So, what can I get for you? We've got some specials listed right here. This has been another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside, home of the premium golf experience. Premium golf, service, and of course, the best golf carts with GPS and Bluetooth speakers. Fairways of Woodside. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more on the tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Golf talk right now on the tee. Who's in the red 
Give me another ball. Take a drop, Roy. Roy, just... Give me another ball. Who's in the green? Happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. This is where we recap the weekend in fantasy golf and prepare you for the next tournament. Brought to you by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. So it's a little tough this time of year. Yes, there are PGA Tour tournaments going on, and maybe you are participating in some daily fantasy stuff, but we're not really following it as close week to week. Maybe this week. I mean, the the issue with this week is also being played in Japan. So it's going to be on at weird hours. It's going to be on at at weird times. It's not going to be paying attention to it as close. So our question for you this week at 800-990-3776, if you could change one rule in golf, or you could change one thing about golf, what would you change? Steven, what would you change? I have two things I would change. One is an actual thing I would like to see about the game, and one is a rule change. And I think we probably share the exact same rule change yeah, we would uh-huh. like to see. Um, there's no business for a ball in the middle of the fairway that's in a divot that you can't move that ball. It's the dumbest rule in golf. It's the well, easiest. Make it ground under repair and just move on. 100% correct. I think golf is a little too stuffy. I think you should be able to wear whatever you want on a golf course. That is one thing I would like to see change about the game of golf. If you want to go out there, you want to wear jorts, wear them proudly. Doesn't bother me. Tell you what, you haven't spent enough time on the county courses, my friend. There are plenty out there wearing jorts. I, and that's fine. What's wrong with jorts? I don't have they might be jorts. fashionable in, in like three years. Here's the only problem I've ever had with attire on the golf course. And it really didn't have so much to do with the attire. Uh, so last year, I ended up playing a round of golf at Whitnell. And it was the longest nine holes I'd ever played in my life. It took three hours to play nine holes. And you holes. stayed on that course? Yeah, we did. Bless your heart. Um, we just played the front nine again to get our 18 because by the time we got done with the front nine, nobody was on the front, so we just you know went around there instead of going to the back. However, so if you've ever played Whitnell, I believe yeah, it's hole six is a par three. It's a tough par three, long par three. Green, I swear to God, is on like a 45-degree angle. It is. A, you above that pin, that is a place you do not want to be. Anyway, there was a pileup. Like, there are five, six groups. So it's taken a while to get through this hole. Dude in a cutoff t-shirt decided to take off his shirt and just lay around like he was sunbathing on a beach. That's where I draw the line. Not the cut-off shirt. I didn't have a problem with that. You decide to take off your shirt. Nah. Just a, I don't, su- just a little, little sunbathe on a I, slow round? I don't know. You got to have a shirt. Cut-off shirt? Cool. Tank top? Cool. So just we're, we're going to approach it like a, a restaurant on a beach town. Like yeah. You need to at least have... You know, some coverings on. Yeah, just a shirt. If you want to play barefoot, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. A lot of people do. I know Jim McMahon plays barefoot. That's cool. But just have a shirt. Just a shirt. That's that's literally my only requirement. That's the only yeah. thing I ask of you when you're making this rule. Just a shirt. I'm fine with it. Okay. You know, and listen, I, I love golf clothes. I love spending money on them. I spend way too much money on them. I like looking nice on a golf course. I'm right there with you. And I take a lot of pride in it. Some people think I look ridiculous on a golf course. I think I look nice, but I digress. I love your different pants <laughs> that you wear but i i don't i don't care what anybody else is wearing like i don't think you need to walk up and and 
like be dressed to the nines like you're playing Sunday at Augusta. Mm-hmm. I might, but I yeah. don't care what you wear. Yeah, I'm going. I'm certainly going to dress in my best. Yeah, Steven I also, doesn't. I also think that think this is that, my best though. Um, I've seen better. <laughs> I uh, from you, from you, yeah. not just in general. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> just from you. Um, on the professional level, I really want to see a. PGA LPGA match play event. I want to see more oh, I would love that. intersection of the men's and women's golf games. I think it would be really cool to do, you know, maybe it's because they got the Ryder Cup every year. Maybe that alternate year you do some sort of fun match play to get the PGA and LPGA together. I think we need more of that in golf. Uh, so the rule I would agree, yeah, I hit my ball and I had a perfect drive today. Perfect drive, hole 15, brown deer. Oh. I'm in position A. I was a drive and and a three iron away from you. <laughs> and it's in a divot. It's in a stupid divot. So I, of course, I try to do something stupid with it instead of just taking my medicine because I, I, I encouraged really good drive. you. I encouraged you. <laughs> it ended up all working out in the end. Still made part of the hole. Uh, but the one thing I would change about golf is the way that golf is covered on television. I think the golf television product is terrible. I think it's crappy. I think it sucks. Um, point in case... The Ryder Cup's one of the biggest events in the year. This year. It's going to be one of the biggest events in two years from now. And when NBC is struggling to keep up with four matches going on, like, it's just disgraceful. And I understand golf is harder to cover than any other sport. Because every other sport, if you're watching a game, it's one ball. It's going to be in any play at any given time. It's just one thing. So you've got... But we just got to be better. There's way too many commercials. You miss way too many live shots. You just... It's... I mean, there's four, you know, you talked about the Bryson DeChambeau drive at Whistling Straits on that Friday. The the one on number five or the, the one, one on, on the first five. tee box? The that, one on number five. That was on Friday, yeah. Where he had a 417-yard drive and took an outrageous line on a par five. My favorite hole in that golf course, by the way. And just crushed it. You weren't there to cover it live, NBC? How how do we not know that the dude who likes to hit it really far is going to take a ridiculous angle on this hole? Like well, the, just, the, fu- the funniest part about it is that yeah. he had to he had to move the cameraman out of the way in order to hit that drive. Like how? So that's frustrating. It was frustrating yesterday trying to actually watch the golf. I subscribe to PGA Tour Live. I give them money. Couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it until the seniors were done playing. Congrats to Lee Jansen. Cool on winning for the first time in like six years. Congrats, bud. But I wanted to see Rory and Ricky. Yeah. That's what I wanted to see yesterday. And if this game is going to grow in popularity, it has to be through the television product, which is so terrible right now. It's 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 embarrassing. Like, and if you want an excuse of, well, we've got so many different balls in play over 18 holes, somehow the NFL has figured out how to give me red zone. There, I mean, it's not as many balls in play because in the noon slate they might only have nine games, but they find a way. I understand that's also commercial free, but I'm willing to pay to make it commercial free. Where you know Scott Hansen's bouncing from this game to that game to this game to that game, seems seems to be able to handle it. Do we need a red zone for golf? We absolutely. We absolutely need a red zone. Let's do on the tee red zone style. I would a hundred percent be into this, but alas. It's probably never going to happen. But that, I think, in terms of wanting to grow the game, that's the biggest way to grow it. Because yeah. that's how people absorb it, is by watching it. 
And right now, that product stinks. There's a lot in the TV world that we could talk about this for a long time. It's all about money. They need the, they need advertisement. Oh, they need commercials. I, They've tried playing through. It's it's still it's not good. There's no excuse for missing a shot at a Ryder Cup when there's on, on a Friday or Saturday when there's four pole four holes in play. There 100%. is zero excuse for that. Uh, 100%. With the technology of drones and you know cameras, whatever it may be, even on a 18 hole tournament, no excuse for missing a shot. Everything is replayable. We we need to be better. I will 100% agree that that TV needs to have better coverage because that's how you make stars even more likable. Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of On the Team. It's time to know the difference. If you're ready to put things in order, so are they. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local independent partner. AnnexWealth.com is their website. Just click the Get Started button. We played Brown Deer Park Golf Course today. It's where Tiger Woods started his career. We break down that golf course next. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Steven next on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Time to talk about one of my favorite golf courses in the Milwaukee area. It's Brown Deer Park Golf Course. Fescue. Hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. Brown Deer Park Golf Course is where Stephen and I found ourselves today playing a little afternoon golf before the show. How did you enjoy your experience playing on a county course? Oh, don't say it like that. I mean, that. you're big time, you know? You're <laughs> Don't don't. I am not that guy. Do not. I play a lot of golf at Brown Deer in my in my days. I pay a membership to play at a private you're actually... golf club, So I'm obviously going to play there. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Don't, don't make it sound like it's beneath me to play a place like Brown Deer. I enjoy that course. I no, love Brown that Deer's course. fantastic, yes. It's harder than probably the course that I pay to play. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I love Brown Deer. I had a great time. We played golf in October, and it was 70 degrees and not a cloud in the sky today. That was what I was. That was my takeaway from today. I feel like I bullied you into playing the, the tips as well. Um, no, I, I like playing tips. I'm just not that long off the tee, so it's a, yeah. it's a very different game for me. Like you, you're, in, you're noticeably longer off the tee. So for you, like playing tips doesn't change your game that much, does it? No, but I feel from out there, I play, to kind of go back to an earlier point, like I hit more clubs in my bag, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah. Um, when I play all the way back at Brown Deer. I probably would have hated you if I wasn't hitting my like four, five, and six irons as well as I was today. <laughs> Man, you are a stripe show with that five iron today. I It was a fun day of golf. All right, so I as, needed it. So as someone that does not play Brown Deer as much as I do, because yeah. I play it a lot, to the point where some, one of the one of the guys that works there. Do you sleep there? He came up to me. He goes, "Do you have a job?" Like <laughs> this is something that one of the people who works there asked me uh, just the other day. What is what's your favorite part about Brown Deer? Favorite hole? Favorite hole? Um, I think my favorite hole is eight. It's one of the it's tough hole. It's one of the harder holes on the golf course. Tough little hole. dog leg left. 
Um, I just think it's a really, really nice golf hole. Nice tee shot. I, I think it. I hadn't played from the tips out there in a while. It's definitely a noticeably tougher course from the tips. That was probably the best I've ever played brown deer today. When you and I played, <laughs> and I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, like, you go to Aaron Hills, you go to Whistling Straits, you go to, I mean, Sand Valley. I would argue Brown Deer, number one, is the toughest starting hole of any of those golf courses. Uh, yes, I would agree. And like, here's, that, that, and, is, that is a number, that number one at, at Brown Deer will just kick you right between the legs to say, welcome to Brown Deer Golf Course. And here's the thing. I, I debate this often because 10 used to be one. 10 was the starting hole for Tiger Woods. They have a plaque there from August 29th, 1996, 25th anniversary earlier this year of Tiger Woods starting his professional career at Brown Deer. So they got the plaque there. 10 used to be one. And then they flipped. They didn't flip the nines. They just flipped the starting hole. So now one, what used to be 10 is now one. I go back and forth in my head all the time, which hole I would rather start on. And I don't know. Like both of them are two of the harder holes on the golf course. And it's what you start your day with. It is a demanding tee shot. There's a reason it, it hosted, you know, tour events and still hosts big events in Wisconsin. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a tough test of golf. I'm, I played it for $30 today walking. Yeah, and that's that's the other great thing. And I love the county courses because of that. Like, you don't even have to be a county member to get the county discount. Yeah. Um, where you pay your 30 bucks, and next thing you know, you're getting, like, half of what the posted rate is for some of these places. It's I, awesome. I, it's it's a gem. It's, it's where I played all of my golf pretty much before I decided to spend a little bit more and—, and join a private club but i brown deer is an absolute gem and especially for people that are coming in from out of state i tell them go go to brown deer and the other thing and we've talked about this pretty much when we talk about every course like the par threes i feel um can stand out as well especially if like we did today when you play them all the way back like there's some long par threes that you're gonna have to hit some quality shots into i had to hit a four iron on a par three that doesn't happen very often no and, and again, they, they vary. There's a couple of short ones, a yeah. couple of long ones. They have five. It's a par 71. So it still has all four par fives, but then it has five par threes. And they all kind of different, varying, and, and present the different tests. And I, you play I it on know. a day like today. It's Man. perfect. Just perfect. Played with a couple of guys who were fun to play with as well. That's, you know, you never know who you're going to get paired with in the county. We got paired with a couple of good dudes today. Yeah, it was fun. They were playing a little hooky. We will not use their names. No, but no, they were I do not want to get sunshine. them in trouble. Do not want to get them in trouble. We hope they enjoyed themselves. I man, I can't blame them for playing. I mean, you had a seventy degree day in October. I'm sure they were not the only ones that played hooky today. And, <laughs> it was and a found full sheet. It a was a course. full sheet today at Brown Deer, as it should have been. Baseball game three. Go get them, Red Sox. They're up next.